Support for this episode is brought to you by Mrs. Myers. A delightfully clean home can make for a delightful start to the day. At Mrs. Myers, everything we make is inspired by the garden. With plant-derived ingredients, our cleaning products work like the Dickens, leaving your home sparkly clean and your to-do list tackled in no time. So bring a little bit of the outside inside your four walls and bask in the wonder of a garden from the comfort of home. Mrs. Myers, rooted in goodness. Shop now at MrsMyers.com. Curling fans, you've come to the one place with everything you need to know involving USA Curling and more. It's the 12th In Sports Network's The Extra Extra In Podcast with hosts Price Atkinson and Jenna Martin. Get ready for everything you need to know. News, interviews, points of view, club spotlights, and more. Anything involving USA Curling can be found here. It's The Extra Extra In Podcast with the 12th In Sports Network. Now, here are Price and Jenna. All right, welcome into the Extra Extra Podcast with the 12th in Sports Network. Ready for another season of USA Curling. I'm Price Atkinson, and we are joined tonight, this season, all week, all month, all year. Hopefully, she won't get scared off tonight by the lovely, the talented, the charismatic. Jenna, I'll let you fill in any other adjective besides retired high-performance curler that you want to fill in there. But Jenna Martin, Jenna, so happy to have you this season. What is happening, and how has your off-season been? What an intro. Thank you, Price. Um, What's happening? Not much. Um, How's my off-season been? Pretty relaxing. I got to say, it's completely different going into the off-season with the mindset that I don't have to come back. So... I've been living it up this summer, having fun with friends, going to weddings, getting to do all the things that I didn't get to do while I was in the high-performance program. So I've been doing well. How's your off-season been? Uh, it's been good. It was really good. Uh, I mean, you don't have an off-season anymore. You, you're I mean, you're out of season all the time now, as you mentioned, as you were a long time uh, high performance. I mean, remember the high performance program curled at the highest levels in USA curling. And you know everybody can follow you at underscore Jenna Martin 15 on Twitter. And that way you can get all the snark and everything you want because you are a must follow. But it was uh, the off season was good. As you know, this this sport, you know it very well, Jenna, because. This season now seems like that there is no break. I mean, this summer there was what Corey and I think Sarah went to play mixed doubles in in mid June in China. I mean, there's like there's no break anymore. Damn it! I mean, the Curling World Cup is gone. Thank goodness, and I say thank goodness not because of lost opportunity. You always want opportunity in this sport, but because the Dagum thing started in early August and it was going till mid May, we all need a break, Jenna. We need away from the ice. Absolutely, and you got right into it too. You were in Korea. Um... When was it, two weeks ago? Uh, that would have been last week. Last week. Last week. So hardcore travel right off the bat for you, huh? Yeah, that was fun. That was fun. I came home with a cold. Um, you know, it was only over there for a week. And, you know, you know, when you go to Asia, you've curled over there. I know it's uh, you got to you're not there for very long, but you got to kind of flip the clock. And, you know, I learned a lot of things in uh, in Korea uh, last week. I mean, I heard learned a whole lot of things. I mean, I learned, you know, how to get a cold on the way home. I learned how to embarrass Corey Christensen. <laughs> Um, somebody you've <laughs> curled with. I've learned how to make her turn like the brightest shade of red. Some of it's inside joke. Oh, yeah. um, I learned that Tara and Tabitha Peterson, they know how to travel. Um, and I also learned if I'm going to start a boy band, I'm probably going to start it with John Schuster, Matt Hamilton, and Chris Plies because of, I'll just say, I enjoyed a night of karaoke with them, and those guys know how to sing. So boy band, I'm looking at those three guys to start it. That's what I learned in Korea, Jenna. That's a scary thought. Keep me posted on the boy band. It was fun. It was fun. But uh, <laughs> well, let's get into it. Uh, most people know who you are, Jenna. Tell everybody who Jenna Martin is. I mean, cut to the core. Who is Jenna Martin? Ooh, feels like a job interview. Um, gosh, I don't know. So I've been somewhat involved in the curling world for, gosh, 20 years now. Um, some of it was curling competitively. Some of it not. Um I recently stepped away last spring. I live in Milwaukee with my husband, Doug, my dog, Griffey. Um, I don't know. I guess I'm learning I need to refine my elevator pitch about myself a little bit because this is very boring. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm trying to figure out what's next. I'm kind of navigating through different things. Um, 
I've uh, tried some different hobbies along the way, so maybe if anybody has any hobby suggestions, they can throw them my way. I can give it a whirl. So that void of curling, but until then, I'm just kind of figuring it out as I go. So I, I, what I heard there is stepped away. I didn't hear retire, so that is always good. Oh. So when you need to leave us and go back to the ice and go kick some butt, that that's totally cool. couple things here. You can say anything you want here in the Extra Action Podcast. Uh, you can do anything you want as long as it doesn't piss Joe Calabrese off because he is the only one that can pull the plug on us. You can say words that the FCC uh, does not allow on live radio. Those are all fair game right here. We would remind it is a family show for the most part. I don't know how many kids listen to us, uh, but I pretend that my seven and, uh, well, soon to be nine-year-old listen to us as well. But, uh, yeah, so we're going to have fun this year, Jenna. And I I want to know, just, just out of curiosity, stage five curling clinger, seriously? Yes. Seriously? Um, are, you asking me, are you asking me to define that? Yeah, you're taking shots at me right out of the gate. I'm not taking shots at you, Price. Um, have you, I'm embarrassed to ask, have you seen the Jersey Shore? I have seen the Jersey Shore. <laughs> so you understand the stage five clinger reference then? I certainly do because I met a couple stage okay. five. I, I met, hold on, I'll tell you, I, I met a couple stage five curling clingers in Korea this past week, and I used that term. Actually, I think a couple of the girls heard me say it. I don't remember which ones, but yes, I know exactly where you're coming from. Get out of here. Okay, so there we are. Self-proclaimed, so it's not that big of a deal. You know, we just have to own it. Uh, I, I'm with you. Okay. All right. So, okay. what what have you been excited? We've got we're going to do a couple segments here. First of all, we don't have a guest interview this week because Jenna is the new star of the show. She is joining us is is the new co host with me this season. Hopefully all goes well and, and I don't run her off and everybody else has a great time listening every single week, which you can download the Extraction podcast on your favorite um, uh, iPhone, uh, Apple podcast, uh, Google Play, Stitcher. Uh, you can get us at Red Circle every, every week because Red Circle is delivering the podcast this season. Excited to uh, be working with those guys, but your favorite podcast app, just search the Extra Extra in Podcast. You can get us every single week delivered to your smartphone, whether you are an iPhone user or an Android user. It doesn't matter. Sign up, subscribe, tell a friend, and also give us a rating because it makes us easier to find because curling, curling podcasts are now becoming a plenty. <coughs> All right, Jenna, tell me, um, tell me some things just real quick because we're going to get into segment two here in a few minutes. But what are, a lot of things happened in the offseason. You, um, uh, you pontificated on your blog, which I want to make sure that you promote. It's a must-read, and I even heard, I will say right now, uh, on the 8 versus 10 in debate, I heard a USCA board member reference your blog and your post about that and how awesome they found it. I just wanted to tell you that right here out of the gate. A lot of off-season stuff, team changes, all kinds of things. What was one of the biggest things that just kind of caught your attention? Oh, my gosh. Um, what a loaded question. I think all of the team changes. Um, I had a feeling this question was coming, so I started thinking about all the team changes that I knew about just off the top of my head. And as I was listening to them, I was like, holy cow, there's been a lot of mix-ups this year in the lineup, a lot of new teams that we're seeing. And, um, yeah, I'm kind of excited to see how it all unfolds this season. Um, aside from that, there hasn't been – I don't think there's been much um, closure as far as the 8 to 10 ends go. Mm -hmm. Am I missing something? No, still on the table. Okay. No, that was that was simply what we found out. And when as soon as I saw Jerry at the first event up in Oakville, Jerry comes straight with a suntan. Jerry Gertz from uh, Curling Zone comes straight from uh, Cancun. They have a, a junket in Cancun. Imagine that the World Curling Federation, the the annual uh, Fall Congress, the junkets down in Cancun. He comes back all tan with a mai tai drink in his hand, walking into the Oakville Curling Club. It basically tells us that 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 whole thing was a ruse. And what I mean by that is it was simply just uh, it was a it was in a way a orchestrated PR campaign just to kind of drum up to see where people would fall and kind of almost take the temperature of everybody on the 8 first 10 thing. So th there was nothing that was going to be decided. There was nothing that was decided there. Um, it's a debate that's going to rage all year long. Curling Canada, as we know, is going to stand on the other side. They're going to dig their heels in for 10, and they're not going to budge because they're the old traditionalists. But that basically is where it stands. No decision. Well, 
Did you see that they interviewed um, a bunch of players on tour? The majority said that they would prefer Aiden. Uh, I did. Uh, Jonathan Brazo with uh, Sportsnet uh, was unofficially polling players in Oakville. I think he started <laughs> before that. He, <laughs> I stood right there when he asked a lot of them. And at one point he had, I think, about 30. I don't want to tip his hand in, in his reporter notebook, but I think he was about at 30 to 1 at one point uh, before a wow. few others. Yeah, it was over. I mean, overwhelming, to say the least. And, yes, there were a lot of Canadian players uh, in that mix, too. But – um, I'm trying to remember who it was, the team, that said, uh, yes, that's the cold from uh, Korea coming back. That There was there was one team that kind of uh, stayed together on that, and I don't remember who it was off the top of my head. It was a Canadian team, I'm pretty sure. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's just overwhelming. We'll, we'll get into a little bit more of it because I want you to kind of talk about what you wrote about uh, on your blog, the 8 verse 10. And I'm telling you, it's not I'm not I'm not making it up. I heard a USCA board member uh, this this summer say what an awesome breakdown you did, because I want you to verbal. I want you to give it the breakdown. I want you to give it to us here uh, in the next segment, because one other thing I want to ask you in the next segment is what do you think? What team that made the biggest move this past offseason when it came to, you know, some teams, uh, you know, changing players, moving players around? Because you curled last year with Corey Christensen, Vicky Persinger, Madison Bear. I mean, your whole team, I mean, basically fractured and went different ways. I don't mean fracture in a bad way, but, you know, things changed yeah. up. So I, w- I want to ask you about that. I want to hear, get your kind of take on, especially on the women's side, the, the way the three teams now uh, have broken here uh, on in the next segment. So when we come back, we're going to listen to Jenna. We're going to listen to a whole lot more Jenna Martin in her debut here on the Extraction Podcast. Don't go anywhere. Again, download, subscribe. We're here for you all season. We're coming right back. Price Atkinson, Jenna Martin, hang tight. So many games to muddle through. Who's looking for an angle? Who's looking for an upset? We're looking for it every week as part of Three Dog Thursday. Hi, I'm TJ Reeves. Join me for the only digital radio show that is devoted exclusively to picking those underdogs. My co-host Kevin Rogers is a senior handicapper from VegasInsider.com, and we do a great job of analyzing and predicting at least three underdogs to look for every week in college football and in the pros. Plus, when the college basketball season rolls around, we got to keep picking underdogs all the way through the Final Four. It's Three Dog Thursday. Subscribe to our podcast at iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Podcast. And when picking those underdogs in the football and college basketball season, remember our podcast, Three Dog Thursday. We now continue with the Extra Extra In podcast. Here again are Price and Jenna. All right, welcome back in. Extra Action Podcast rolling along. Price Atkinson and Jenna Martin, our new co-host this year. Jenna, segment one is in the books. Didn't scare you away. Everything good? Ready to go on? Move um, on? Good? I, I still have a little bit of the jitters, but we're getting through it, Price. Uh, I think we'll you're on pint number three. I'm only on pint number one. I'm literally, yes, Jenna, I'm crying in my beer tonight. You know why I'm crying <laughs> in my beer? Because my baseball team in an elimination game. I'm a diehard Atlanta Braves fan. I know you like the Brew Crew. I I was right there with you pulling hard as hell in Korea for them to take care of business. But tonight when your team gets beat 30-1 to like we did uh, at home in an elimination game, embarrassed, that's the only thing I can do is cry in my pint tonight. Can you pick me up, please? (laughs) Well, I don't know if this is going to be a pick-me-up or uh, maybe dumping some salt in your wound, but I do have a question for you. Sure. would you rather lose like you did tonight? Yep. A total, total beatdown, or hypothetically speaking, would you rather get walked off in the tenth end? Walk, tenth, tenth walk, end? Walked off thing. in a heartbeat. Walked off. In, there's no question, debate about that. Why? Because you're not getting embarrassed. At least you went down swinging. And I say swinging, let's let's use that term loosely when we're talking about baseball here, but at least you go down somewhat with a fight. We went down with a whimper, giving up 15 runs in the first inning and it being over before you even got not even two outs. I mean, they had scored, I think, 17 runs, and we'd only gotten one out. I think we were on our fourth pitcher of the game. I'd rather, uh, I'd rather go down with a fight than get embarrassed okay. any day. You asked, you asked, I answered, so... Yep, it sucks, but the light, the the sun will come up. I'm not going to use those stupid, uh, you know, tough times don't last forever. Tough people do. I'm not going to use that crap. You know, it's the, it, we're going to make some moves like in the offseason. 
Well, I did. I did. So, so forget me. All right. Let's get let's get back into this because um, real quick. I mean, you mentioned taking. You said stepping away, not retired. I'm just curious. What? Why did you decide to kind of step away and take a little time and and take a break from the sport? Yeah. Um, tough question to answer. I promised myself I wouldn't talk about it until all the bitterness left my my words. Um, okay. I'm getting there. Still, still not totally there. So I'll try to keep it PC. Yep. Um, I willingly left the program. Um, once I kind of learned how the cards were falling uh, for this upcoming season and what team and things that they were offering me, um, mm-hmm. I felt like the return on investment wasn't there anymore for me. Okay. Um, I mean, for so long I had been in the program and I sacrificed being fulfilled professionally. Um, I missed out on countless weddings, family sure. events, et cetera, et cetera. So, I mean, when I'm not getting what I felt like I was putting in, in return, it, it just became easy that the other things that I was seeing as important took priority. So yeah. I've stepped away. Um, it kind of feels like a weird, weirdly bad relationship, <laughs> toxic relationship, because sometimes I wonder, like, what the hell did I do? Yeah. I, miss, I miss playing more than anything. But when I remind myself of those reasons, I... I get some sort of closure. So like I said, still a stage five cleaner, still involved in, in selling as much as I can be. So, well, in, in, in all seriousness too, I mean, I was going to, I was going to joke and say, look, we're only in basically what month two of the season, because, you know, there's going to be some phone calls at some point that start happening, whether it's an injury, whether something happens, say, Jenna, hey, uh, we need a fifth. Uh, can you hop on board for the weekend? And next thing you know, a weekend becomes a week, and then a week becomes a month. And, hey, look, you're back. But, you know, in all seriousness, I mean, it, it the, you're not the only one that, that's had some feelings like this. And, and it's certainly not the first time, you know, in a situation like this. that there, I'm not going to say politics in play. You know far more about it because you experienced it. But, you know, I just know that you certainly are not the first and, and will not be the last, but, you know, there's always, you know, some that, you know, have some similar feelings like you did that just feel like that you, you weren't getting met halfway and say, you know what, if they're not going to give as much as I'm going to give, you know, it, it's just t- time to take a little bit of a break. All right. A lot happened as far as team. You just mentioned, you know, team and, and changing and you stepping away. So your former team, uh, Corey Christensen, Vicky Persinger, Madison Bear. The biggest changes we saw, it wasn't on the men's side. Let's stay on the women's side because we saw a, a mighty big change. And that big change, obviously, Nina Ross' team didn't go anywhere. They stayed the exact same. But it was really members of your old team, Vicky and Corey, moving over to play with Jamie and the twins, Sarah and, and Taylor. And then Madison, she now played lead for you guys last year. Now she's skipping her own team. I mean, really, it's 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 – they're not a junior team, clearly. Um, they're aged out of juniors, but it's basically all you know: Lexi, Jenna, Katie, uh, Emily Coelho, a lot, a lot of curlers who had just who have just come out of juniors. But on the women's yeah. side, you you look at especially the way the landscape is, and, and Nina obviously has had a great start to the season. We'll talk about that in the next segment. But you know the way the lay of the land on the women's side and the three high performance teams. Give give me your take on, on the way these three teams are, are constructed. Okay. Um, I think that what they did with Maddie Bear was really smart. I mean, everybody knew with the way that the program was constructed, eventually you're going to have these really talented and really good juniors age out of junior curling and have nowhere to go in the women's or men's fields. So I remember being a player and being concerned, like, what are they going to do with these athletes? How are they going to get the funding to, to make enough women's teams? Um, Maybe it's a gift and a curse that um, a few of the women's players stepped away, but it, I believe it opened up some room for these junior girls to come up and get on a team with each other. Um, Maddie skipped her entire junior career. She's talented. Um, she's familiar with the girls that she's playing with in juniors, and um, they have a coach, Jared Blanford, who's also, I think, the perfect fit for that team. She's patient. She's She's motivating. She's everything that a team like that is going to need in order to get comfortable in the women's realm. So yep. I'm looking forward to see how they go. Um, and I hope that they stick together. That's the biggest thing. I hope that they stick it out for a couple of seasons and really give women's a, a solid try as a, as a full unit. Um, who else? So Team Sinclair, 
very interesting there. So Corey Christensen. That, uh, that is the of, that is the interesting one. Go ahead. I'm sorry. That is you're right. <laughs> that is the interesting one. I think everybody was a little bit surprised by it, myself included. Um, so Corey joined forces with Jamie. Um, both of them are very talented skips, and then we saw Sarah Anderson um, get moved to the front end position. I'm not saying that it's a demotion or anything like that, but it's a very difficult change. Um, Myself being someone who's experienced playing in the back end and then moving to the front end, it's just a completely different role that you have to fill and you have to own it in order for the team dynamics to work. So I really hope that Sarah can rise to the occasion and, um, I think she has the right support system around her. She has Taylor. She has Vicky. Um, also, both really talented front-end players. So, um, I think that, obviously, they have the talent there. I just hope that um, their dynamics get worked out and they're able to make the most of it. Yeah, in a lot of it, and not to bring them in into play, but a lot of the – my feeling is that the the emergence of mixed doubles, that – because the game is growing in popularity, there's more opportunities. There's more chances to go play out on tour. I mean, shoot, I mean, in the middle of June, we're having mixed doubles event, a good mixed doubles event in uh, in China. You know, that's, that Corey and Sarah went and played. I mean, there's, there's just so much happening around the mixed doubles game where players are having to leave their, you know, their traditional four-person teams. And it seemed like that was, in a lot of ways, at the heart of some of the team changes. Not, not it, maybe not the the heart of it, but it was a, a factor in in it because you had, you know, <coughs> excuse, <coughs> excuse me, you had like, obviously in Sarah's case, let's take Sarah Anderson. You know, she's stepping away and she's going to curl mixed doubles with Corey quite a bit. You know, out of the gate, you know, and that's where it helped having a fifth in, in their case. I, I don't know who you call the fifth because, I mean, maybe you call it Sarah because it seems like she's missed most of the time. You know, Taylor and Vicky had been curling more with that team so far. But the mixed doubles, it seems like that was a, a lot of the reason, even on the men's side, to add a fifth player to a lot of the men's teams because you do have players that are stepping away more now from the mixed doubles game. Yeah, that's a really interesting point. It's a really good point, too. Um, I feel like when we first saw mixed doubles kind of become a thing, a lot of players saw it as just this added bonus, something to do on their off weekends, um, maybe a chance at getting to the Olympics. And now um, I feel like people are taking it a lot more seriously. It's a it's another opportunity to compete and be a really good uh, national athlete, world medal winner. Um, whatever you want to call it. I mean, teams are doing really well and traveling the world and getting all sorts of experience that you can't necessarily get when confined to a men's or women's team on its own. Yeah. One of the things I heard out on tour last year quite a bit regarding Jamie's team is, and I agree to to a large part, um, and a lot, I heard just a lot of people say it and, and make reference to it, uh, especially as the season went on, is that uh, not taking anything away from any other player on that team. Uh, but Alex Carlson, you know, she's she makes that trip for the very first slam last year in, in Chatham, and, and she's obviously was pregnant, had her first child. Congratulations to Alex. And, you know, but her not being a member, I mean, it was, you know, kind of like the – the mainstay in that lineup, you know, that she experienced, she had been around a long time and that the departure of Alex from that team, you saw how valuable she ultimately was to Jamie in that team when she wasn't around anymore. And I heard that, I don't know what, what you think about that, but I heard that so many times on tour from a lot of people who've been around the game a long time that they didn't realize just how valuable Alex was to Jamie and her team. Yeah, absolutely, 100% price. Um, I got to be the fifth on their bench when they um, went to Women's World in North Bay, Ontario, and they made the playoffs. Like, they were a very solid team, and it's because, like, when you think of when that team was formed, they they quite literally called themselves the rejects because they weren't sure how the four of them ended up together on the team. Like it was the most mismatched personalities group of women. Um, and then they made it work. Like yep. they own their positions. They worked harder at their dynamics than anything else. And the rest kind of fell into place. And I think that when you enjoy 
what you're doing, but more importantly, enjoy who you're doing it with. Like that's what, that's what gets you to where you want to be. So yeah, it's, I'm, I'm interested to see or hear how Alex feels about it all, but I'm sure she's enjoying motherhood and being at home with baby and staying involved with the sport through mixed doubles. Yeah, that's right. And you mentioned that Women's World Championship that you were a part of is their fifth there in North Bay, a place I'm excited to go to North Bay in two weeks for the first slam. I really can't wait. I've heard just amazing things about it. Anna Hasselberg and her team were telling me, uh, you know, in Oakville, just what great memories they have, how, how awesome the people are in North Bay. I can't wait to experience it. But if, when I go back and you mentioned that, you know, I remember that World Championship. And correct me if I'm wrong, Jenna, because you were on that bench. Alex had... I don't know about every single game, but collectively is, is a championship. She had a fantastic week at, at Women's Worlds in 2018 there in North Bay. Yeah, I mean, the entire team did. And even when they weren't playing well, <clears throat> it's going to sound silly, but they looked like they were playing well. Yeah. Like everything about that team was professional. They went out there with a purpose. Uh, it was just such a well oiled machine. So it was really fun to be a part of. I learned a lot from them. Uh, and, and like I said, Alex really was a big contributor. It was really interesting to see the dynamic between her and Jamie. I mean, you always see it when you're playing against somebody, but to have like a an inside view and understanding of, of their relationship was pretty cool to see. Yeah. And then real quick on Nina's team, you know, I, the one thing I totally forgot that I learned in Korea last week was that you can play Nina Roth wherever you want in the lineup because she was throwing, what, first stones because she's going to be stepping away here pretty soon. Congratulations, Nina. She's pregnant uh, with her and her husband's first child. She's going to be stepping away. So Tab going ahead and, you know, getting back and throwing uh, throwing last rocks is, is the skip. Boy, uh, they didn't miss a beat. I mean, Nina moves up to throw lead stone so she can spend more time in the house. But, man, they didn't miss a beat. And Tab, uh, you know, she's, she, she's got it still as, as a skip back there. That team, even with her stepping away, Eileen, that's going to be coming back in more full time, uh, they're not going anywhere. No, never a doubt. They've always been just the most consistent team. And I think they're just starting to hit their stride, which sounds a little bit crazy with Nina being out shortly having her baby. Um, but I think that I think that with this lineup change, you really can get the opportunity to see how diverse and how um, dynamic that they are as a squad. And that's not something that you can have by throwing four or five random talents together. This is something that they've worked really hard on, and it's, it's showing off. I mean, they've had success this season already. I think Terry just tweeted on USA Curling's Twitter that they're – number one in the money ranking so that's pretty cool to see i'm really happy for them yeah very cool and we'll uh we'll get into a little bit more of the the season so far and how it's unfolded but real quick uh you know the eight versus ten ends you mentioned uh you know players overwhelmingly favor the eight ends you know it's it's just a shorter game it's not as taxing on your body you know a lot of people come to it uh you know not saying you know from a player standpoint uh, some may take the the position, but a lot of people that you know that don't don't necessarily compete, they take the position a little bit like me that you know ten ends is a little bit long, and you say, well, what's the difference? You only, I mean, it's only two more ends. It's only what maybe thirty more minutes of, of game time. But you know the the viewership, you know, that's one of the big arguments is that it just the games take too long. And you know, I've talked to Warren Hanson about it a good bit. You know, he's got ideas, but. I mean, ultimately, there are a lot of different reasons, but you broke down the 8 versus 10 in debate on, on your blog. You know, tell us exactly where you came down and why. I feel very strongly for the 8 ends. Uh, when you think about it, teams are playing, bless you, teams are playing yeah. all season. Um, on tour, playing 8 ends. It's what they're comfortable with. It's what their stats are based on, and it's what they know. So now all of a sudden you're going to put them in a play-down situation and make them play 10 ends, or you're going to put them at the Olympics or a world championship and make them play 10 ends. It just, it doesn't make sense to me. And what I was finding um, is that a lot of teams are just wasting those first couple ends. You know, they want to run the scoreboard down until they know how to manage the game. There's less statistics on the 10 ends. Of course there are some, um, it's just, it's not fun. It's not fun to watch. It's not fun to be a part of. It's just kind of like you're waiting for time to pass so you can get back into the swing of things. Um, 
And I feel like there was one more point that I made, but I, I'm drawing a <laughs> blank right now. How do you feel? <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm, I'm 100% with you. I mean, the eight ends, I, you know, there's part of me that feels like, okay, if, if you want to play 10, like maybe for the Olympics, maybe, maybe in the uh, – it's kind of hard to – I don't want to say it changes the game if you play eight, let's say, for the round robin, and then for the medal round in the Olympics you play ten because that's not what you played to get there. So, I mean, you typically want to have it, you know, mirror, you know, what you did, you know, up to that point. So, you know, that I, I could see holes being poked through that. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I'm sorry. I know Curling Canada, I mean, they're they're all about ten, and, and they're not going to budge. But I, I just think you got to be able to adapt with the times. And – you know, I'm not saying that, you know, you need major changes, but, you know, there's more and more opportunities now on tour and players are playing more and more and more. And, I mean, uh, the person that the casual viewer on, on TV or watching at home, I mean, it looks like they say, well, it's easy. I can go out there and do it. I can make the Olympics in four years. Well, I mean, look, clearly that's not the case. And, you know, it's taxing on your body. And, you know, those those extra ends, they add up. And I, I just I think from the viewer standpoint too, you know, to shorten the game, make it a little bit tighter. I got to tell you too, you know, when we the week at nationals is one of the longest weeks of my life, and, and I love it. I have a great time. Okay, but those ten in games, you know, we're going to going to events on tour, you know, all season, going to slams. Those eight in games feel like they fly. I don't know what the difference between the eight and ten is, but the eight feels like we start and we finish almost in the blink of an eye. And I feel like the, those ten in games. They are just marathons, and they take forever to play. It's just the way it feels. But I, I'm all about the eight. Yeah, I'm totally with you. I completely agree with you, and I, I guess I have a hard time seeing the argument of people complaining that it's less to view, or not complaining, but making a statement that it's it's less curling for them to view. Because I can't tell you how many times the casual American viewer, I've been at a bar with them or whatever, and they see somebody blank an end and think it's a mistake, or yeah. they just see the the routine blank end and they're underwhelmed. It's not fun to watch. And I mean, now with the five rock rule in in play, like any game can be anybody's. So right. it completely changes the flow of the game, changes the strategy. Um, yeah, I'm all I'm all for the eight ends. Yeah, and then typically too. I mean, th- and now this is just kind of shoot from the hip, uh, and there's nothing statistically on this. But this, you know, when you play a ten in game, you know that you're going to have. A, I mean, it's going to be a three hour game. Half the time, especially in the first few ends of the game, they don't even come back. Sometimes on television, you're barely getting the second person stones. Sometimes they're on, you know, vice skips rocks, third stones, and so you know, playing eight ends, it shortens the game. It makes, I th- to me, it makes the rocks even more valuable and each end more valuable so maybe they won't cut away and you know pay some bills with commercials that they'll stick with it so maybe you will actually get more viewing time on eight ends versus ten I know that's again I know that's shooting from the hip I know it's just a theory but you know I I don't know I, I'm, I'm all about the eight I, I you know if they stay at ten nobody's gonna lose any sleep um, but I, I think eight is the future and it's the way to go so yeah uh, I agree I I guess I have yet to hear uh Really compelling argument for ten ends. So I would, I would love to hear one. I'm open to hearing about it. Um, I just have yet to hear it. Yeah, there's some that'll make it. But all right, uh, l- let's step away. We can come back in in segment three. We're going to talk about the season, what's unfolded so far, what we've got coming up this season. Also, when the next Jenna Martin holiday is going to be. I'm going to explain that coming up next here in the final segment of the first episode this season on the Extra Action Podcast. Price Atkinson. That's Jenna Martin. You want to give her a follow on Twitter at Jenna. At underscore Jenna Martin 15. Those damn underscores, they get me every time. We'll be right back here on the Extra Extra. Anything and everything involving USA curling and more is here on the Extra Extra in podcast. Here again are Price and Jenna. All right, final segment here on the Extra Extra in podcast with the 12th in Sports Network, Price Atkinson. Yes, that is Jenna Martin. And as I just mentioned and teased, uh, in that last segment, the next Jenna Martin holiday. Jenna, I tried to start Jenna Martin Day last year. It, it took hold very briefly on Twitter, online. I, I'm going to give it another go this year. I'm just not going to tell you when, but I, there definitely needs, in honor of your snark, in honor of your humor, in honor of your comedy, heroes do wear capes, and you are a hero when it comes to comedy, <laughs> and you are going to have a Jenna Martin Day this season. I'm flattered. Um, it didn't take off too great last year, Price, so I'm, I'm really interested to see 
Well, I gave it I the old college try. Not even present. I, I tried. I tried to get it going. I said, Tom Howell, please help back me. I mean, I think it was at Nationals. I, I, I asked some favors. I even asked Jared Allen. I was trying to kiss him in the air. I was like, dude, help me out. I need you to help start a trend. And while we gave it the old college try, I'm going to do it again this year. I'm just going to have to enlist maybe a few heavy hitters digitally to, to see if we can pull that off. But I, I'm, I'm committed to you. I admire you. the effort. Well, I, I admire the effort. <laughs> I appreciate it. You've committed to us. We're, I'm committed to you. So... Uh, we we will do Jenna Martin Day this year. It'll be Jenna Martin Day every day on the podcast for you taking the time to to talk with us and to join us as the co-host this year. So we're honored. But you know this. You look back. Let's let's get into the season because we got stuff that's happened on the ice. Uh, let's get away from all the the chatter and stuff off the season uh, or in the off season. But you know, looking back on, on the first few weeks of the season, I mean, I, maybe the highlight so far to me. I, Probably, at least in my book, was you know going to Korea, but not just going on the other way on the other side of the world for that kind of a trip. But you know, three U.S. teams: Jamie, Nina, and Schusty. The three of our uh, three teams there, we had two make the finals. John obviously loses to Reed Carruthers and, and McEwen, and them. McEwen was outstanding, just curled out of his mind. But you know, Nina winning it on the women's side, beating the Garlic Girls, in some great prize money. They will tell you, great prize money they brought home, but some really good tour points. They, they both pulled home, uh, and as you mentioned, you mentioned there in that last segment, you know, Nina right now sits atop the World Curling Tour uh, standings in terms of uh, prize money earned so far. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool to see them up at the top there. Um, I don't know if it's ever been done before by a U.S. team. I mean, it's still early in the season, but it's still got to feel really good for them, especially with all the changes that they've gone through with Eileen being out and now with Nina being out. I mean, it's awesome. Props to them. Yeah, and you were there. I watched the shot. Um, the cow was throwing last rocks, and it looks like a just like a picture perfect team shot to win the whole thing. Yeah, was it as cool as it looks in the videos to be there? It, it was awesome. I was shaking. You know, I was trying not to shake because I was filming it to, <laughs> for you know for social media purposes. But yeah, I mean, I was I was locked in, and yeah, it was a team shot because. You know, Tara and, and, and Becca were on it and, you know, swept it a little bit. And I'm trying to remember exactly. They they were on it, but, you know, it was, you know, Tab got in the hack and, and she, she threw the shot that she had to throw and, and the sweepers did what they needed to do. And, yeah, it, you're exactly right. It was a total team shot. It, it wasn't the easiest shot, but, you know, Tab made some big ones in that game. And I don't know what it is about them. Uh, you know, that's a team that... You know, Watts last year on tour, a lot of the slams, they, they dug sometimes a two, three, you know, uh, point hole, and they just continued to dig themselves out of it with a lot of big ends. They like a lot of rocks in play. And the same thing happened at times over in Korea last year. But even when they get down, I, I just got to the point where I never feel like they're really out of it anymore. And, I mean, dadgummit, I mean, Tab just, just threw some big, big shots all week. And clearly there were a couple big ones she threw, but that last one was obviously the, the biggest in the extra end to beat, you know, uh, uh, the Garlic Girls uh, from right there in, in Yusong. I mean, I, I just a fantastic win is is they were the last team playing on the sheet is is Carruthers and Schusty. I think they finished what maybe an end or two early because uh, you know Nina and then went to an extra end. Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah, that's cool to see. We always used to joke that Nina maybe had like magnets in her last two stones uh, <laughs> that would stick to the forefoot. Because it is <clears throat> insane the way that that girl can find the forefoot and. Um, turns out they're just good because Tab can do the same thing. So I don't know if Nina gave Tab her magnets or what's going on there, but uh, yeah. Yeah, there was a there, there there was a little consternation. I will say this: that there was a little bit of worry because depending on how the field had broke and, and what had happened in the round robin, but there was an outside chance, if I remember right, that Nina and them could have been left out depending on how the tie fell, just because their draw shot. Uh, was the weakest uh, of the three, and it was the top two in each pool that advanced to the playoffs. And um, it really, it was one draw shot. I'm not, I'm not even going to call them out, but it was they had three great shots, but there was just one that went back 12 
uh, and that was almost the one that destroyed them. But it did not come into play, thank goodness, and and it didn't come down to that. And you know, they yeah, they were just fantastic all week. And then certainly John, I mean, they ran into a hot team, Carruthers and and Mike McHugh and Haji. Congrats to to them and Derek. Uh, they were just fantastic. Uh, you know, beat when you beat a team twice. I mean, like Carruthers beat beat John and them. I mean, they they told they would say it came down to one shot, but I mean, they beat them twice. They beat them in the round robin, then they beat them, you know, in the in basically the gold medal game right there. So I mean, that's that's you know that the, ultimately the better team won at least that week. So, all right, uh, you know, the other thing I want to talk about, uh, we had the Stu Cells uh, Toronto tank tankered last weekend. I was at Stu Cells Oakville. Stu's got so many damn tournaments I can't keep up with him. He's, I, love, <laughs> I love all the bond spiels he sponsors. But, you know, how about Corey Dropkin this past weekend? They, they take Kevin Cooey in the semifinals, and they had a, what, four-to-one lead halfway through. I mean, before the meltdown occurred, but I, I, I don't even say meltdown. I mean, that, I mean, Cooey's going to put pressure on you. They're one of the best in the world, I mean, for a reason. And, I mean, kudos to Corey. They beat Kirk Myers uh, out of Saskatoon. They're ranked to, to get through the quarters into the semis. What a fantastic run for, for Corey, Tom, Joe Polo, and um, who was in uh, Alex Benson. Uh, Mark Fenner was the one that was sitting out. Great run for those guys in Toronto, Jenna. Yeah, yeah, um, really impressive to see. They were among some of the best company in the world. Like, they beat the top teams um, in what looked like relatively close games. So they must have been staying patient. They must have obviously been making a lot of good shots. Funny price because I tried to impress you and <laughs> and go above and beyond. So I reached out to Tom Howell and asked him what went well that weekend. Um, Look at you! Look at you I doing know, research! Holy cow! I know, um, and it's funny because he gave me this long BS answer about how they're really gelling and uh, just starting to make some shots and be patient, yada, yada, and then he followed it up and goes, well, I mean, we're just playing well, but the <laughs> other way, it's good to see those young guys start to kind of make a name for themselves. They have Joe Polo on board. Um, Tom said that they're learning a lot from Joe, um, so I don't, I don't think it's an, an, an ooh, stutter. I don't think it's an anomaly that they did so well um i think these guys are are finally getting comfortable in the men's field and i think they're really going to start to um surprise some people rumor has it that uh even though joe polo has jumped on board that they have even taken the young bucks even further the moniker the hashtag and their team name the young bucks and there's uh young bucks hats t-shirts and merchandising coming to a uh a website or at least a, uh, a a store near you, Jenna. How about that one? Are you going to be first in line to get a signed Corey Dropkin Young Bucks hat? Is he offering to sign it? Uh, I think he Could would I offer. Be so lucky. I think he would offer to sign it. And maybe wear it to pose for another uh, edition of his calendar that he's uh, you know calendar boy now. Gosh, I have a lot of merch to catch up on. Lots of merch to buy from the Young Bucks, but I'll, I'll get on it. All right. I know Tom Howell will give you a 50% discount you, you right there in Milwaukee. <laughs> you know, uh, also uh, over the weekend, Rich Ruin and Cora Farrell, uh, the Let's Cure Lupus St. Paul cash spiel. They, uh, Richie and, and Cora both uh, lead their high-performance teams to, to victories there, mostly all you know, U.S. teams that were competing there. So uh, congratulations to both of them. It always feels good. doesn't matter where you are. To get a win on tour, it, it's always good to get that uh, that win under your belt. Yeah, winning tournaments <laughs> or uh, Jared Allen and team got their first win of the season. Did you see that? That's right. Congratulations. In St. Paul. Yep. Congratulations to those guys. I mean, that's, I mean, that's a huge deal for them. I, now, what's going to really impress me, I, I saw who they beat. I can't remember for the life of me, but that's going to be a team that uh, they, they they will remember for a long time of that win. Do you remember who that they beat by chance? No, I don't. I just remember seeing, um, I think, a picture of the monitor of them all celebrating with their, their hands in the air. So it was kind of fun to see. Yeah, that's very cool. Um, let me. Th- I'm trying to go back and look. I mean, that's kind of, I mean, that's been mostly it. To my knowledge, we had Curling Night in America. That's going to debut. Uh, we filmed that in Raleigh, North Carolina, back in the very end of August. Uh, so that's going to be coming to the NBC Sports Network. It, schedule hasn't been announced, but that's going to start airing, I believe, in January. Um, so that's going to be coming. We won't have curling on TV really until then, I don't think. Um, this weekend coming up, um, you know, let's kind of touch on it. Uh, I know kind of the big events, uh, at least on the, let's see, on the men's side, you got Port 
Portage. Uh, the Canad Inns on the men's side. That's going to be this weekend. The Canad Inns on the women's side. That uh, was that Nina and them that won it last year. Was that two? Was that 2017 that they won it? Uh, it may have been two years ago. But the men's is going to be this weekend. John Schuster. Um, they're playing. Um, Let's see, Richie and them are not there. They're going to uh, Champery in Switzerland. I think Corey Dropkin, uh, they're going to be playing this weekend at the Canad Inns. On the women's side, I believe, Autumn Gold, that's kind of the big event on tour. On the women's side, I believe Nina Roth and Jamie Sinclair are both going to be at that event. So, you know, two, two another big – August is the big – I mean, not August, but the fall. I mean, this is really kind of the bread and butter of the season, isn't it, Jenna? I mean, you got so many events, basically September, October, November. Yeah, yeah. Later in the season, it definitely gets hard to find events with different playdowns going on in all different areas of the world. So this is this is really where teams are putting the time in. Lots of travel, uh, lots of tournaments this time of year. So it's exciting to see how they grind it out, and uh, we'll see how they stack up before nationals. And this weekend, I think coming to a a city near you, and that city is going to be your hometown right there, what, in Milwaukee. Now, you're going to correct me, and that's totally cool. Please do it, because I know you probably don't live in actually Milwaukee, but the Members Assembly is right coming to the USA Curling. Members Assembly is coming to uh, to downtown Milwaukee. Do I have that right? They're coming to the Milwaukee Curling Club, so not Milwaukee proper, but they'll be be in the area, lots of changes for them to discuss there. So it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. Obviously, some big changes with the USDA. Rick Tatsky um, stepping away from his position as CEO for 23 years. Um, so I think one of their main focuses is going to be how they're going to keep USA curling growing, and they don't want to backpedal at all. So it'll be interesting to see what comes of that. Yeah, huge props to Rick Patsky. I just want to say thanks to to Rick personally, um, real quick here before we start kind of wrapping up. That you know, if it, if it weren't for Rick and and certainly Terry Davis, but Rick, um, you know, giving me the chance to kind of get involved. I mean, it was really Rick that that gave me that opportunity to to kind of get my nose in the door and just uh, become a part of the sport and help out. I I, I I can never say thank you enough to Rick because he uh, he just did so much for me and always you know invited me to you know, become a part of the team. And, and from that very first moment walking in the door, he just could not have been more welcoming and, and nicer to me. So I I owe so much to Rick and, and just want to say uh, thank you to him as he obviously uh, is out the door and, and off doing other things now. So, you know, change is often good, right? I mean, when you have basically do things kind of the same way for so long, um, it, it's never a bad thing to change things up and, and try new things. And, you know, in, in talking to a lot of people, obviously with with Rick, um, you know, moving on, that you know a lot of uncertainty. But I think, like you said, this week is you know this weekend at least at the members assembly, an opportunity to provide some more clarity. You know, when it comes to the future of, of not just the sport, but here in the United States, Jenna. Yeah, definitely. Rick contributed so much to the sport. Like you said, I can't thank him enough for growing it and implementing so many different factors that got curling to be kind of a household name in the u.s um so we're definitely going to miss him but i'm excited to see what's next change is hard but change is good so we'll see what's done all right uh let's go ahead and start wrapping this thing up jenna um you know joe and i at the end of every week or at the end of every podcast you know joe's a football guy i i you know look i like college football i i could really care less for the nfl so i always humored him i'm a baseball guy more I'm i'm a basketball guy through and through but I love baseball now. Yeah, I've been crying in my beer since we've been recording, you know, going on a little while now. But who – don't say St. Louis. Don't hurt me. Don't cut my heart right now. But who are you going to pick in the Major League Baseball playoffs with uh, the the NL, AL and the NLCS coming up? Are you going to go Dodgers? Are you going to go Yankees? I mean, there are a couple series still be decided. But who's going to be your pick to win this whole thing in the World Series? Oh, Christ. <laughs> They're all so ugly to pick to me right now. I know you no. want to say the Brew Crew. I'd love to say the Braves. I mean, we both would like to say our teams that are out of it. I, I'm just going to tell you right now, I hope it's anybody but the Yankees. That That's where I stand on that. Um, I know you're a diehard. I mean, you're an NFL. You're a, what a, you're a Packer backer, right? Because everybody listening to this podcast Absolutely. is either a Viking fan or a Packer fan. I like the Panthers. I don't live and die on the sword, but uh, – you know, I'm just sad that baseball's coming to an end. I love baseball, Jenna Martin. Love the game. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for your broken heart. I mean, 
I'm giving Hopefully you. next year goes a little bit better. I also have a broken heart, Price. I have a hard time talking about this. Did you see what happened to the Brewers in the wild card game? I do. I do. I saw the bounce. I, I had to tell Matt Hamilton. I mean, he. I think he saw it on a monitor right before going out to play that game with the time change. But oh, I told him, I was like, dude. So I wrote on a piece of paper, and I, sh- and I put the final score through the window so he could see it mid-game. He just kind of looked, nodded, and said, yep, okay, got it. But when he came off the ice, he told me, I was like, dude, you don't want to know how this transpired. He goes, I saw it. Enough said. I said, all right, done. Never brought it up again. So I, I feel the pain. I understand it. It's real. It's even worse to know how it transpired because it was literally the perfect storm. Like, everything that could have gone wrong did go wrong. I, yeah, it sucks. Anyway, are we done here? Yes, <laughs> we are done here. So let's go ahead and get out of here. Um, do, do, we didn't scare you off enough. We'll be back for uh, for round two next week. Yep, I'll uh, resign the contract. Thank goodness. Well, tell your husband thank you for uh, for uh, giving us a little bit of Jenna time tonight. And uh, I know all our <laughs> listeners really appreciate it. We're going to be coming to you all season up until the spring, the Extraction Podcast with the 12th Inn Sports Network. Again, make sure you download, subscribe, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, tesn.us forward slash podcast. You can get every single episode right there. Thanks to the guys at Red Circle for putting us on this season, redcircle.com. But make sure you follow the 12th and Sports Network on Twitter, on Facebook. If you want to get more involved, if you want to learn how to become a member of the 12th and Sports Network, get your club involved uh, with streaming and everything that Joe and B.A. do, uh, just drop them a line. Again, tesn.us. So, Jenna, that's going to do it for Episode 1. I'm glad we didn't scare you away. This has been a fantastic addition to have you with me this week. We're only going to get bigger. We're going to get better. And like I told you earlier, uh, when you become this shining star like you already are, but when you head off and you're, you're bar-stooling it with your own podcast one day, just remember where, remember where it all started right here, please. You're really pumping my tires right now. Thank you, Trey. That's the goal. All right. fun. All right, folks, we'll see you next week for, for Jenna herself. I'm Price Atkinson. Thanks for listening. We'll do it again next week here on the Extraction Podcast with the 12th In Sports Network. Thanks for being with us on this edition of the Extra Extra In Podcast with Price Atkinson and Jenna Martin. Follow the 12th In Sports Network crew on Twitter and Facebook to stay up to date on news, guests, and upcoming episodes of the Extra Extra In Podcast. And contact us for more information on how to join the 12th In Sports Network. The NBA is back. Where else can you get this type of drama? Where else does history hang from the Raptors? Jalen Brown throws it down. Where else is your own city? Home to your biggest rival. The battle of LA is real, people. And 30 feet is still in range. Curry, action. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? Let's get it out of here. Where else is history still in the making? Oh, my goodness. Where else? The NBA, only here. Season begins tonight on TNT. Between prepping ingredients, setting the table, and planning your tomorrow, sometimes you need an extra hand with dinner. Delta Faucet is here to help. Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot with Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology and fill it with the perfect amount of water. Done. Visit deltafaucet.com voiceiq to see how Voice IQ can fill your dog's bowl, wash your hands, and more.